Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to the forward roll. Fresh off of a shave and WWE SmackDown, please welcome Bob Otis. Hey guys, uh, how's it going? It's good to be here. Bob. So we have a very important first question for you. It's something that everyone wants to know. Do you want Liv Morgan to murder you with a cattle prod? That's a good question. Um, Liv Morgan. And I said, psychosis. This was pals. I know Neil. Such a fear from the jaws of victory. With the poker and the chubby cheese. Distraction. Hey. Podcast. We will fill. Wins and losses. Don't be shit. So what's Joseph Grinch? As I do his bit. Distraction. Hey. Roll up. Hello, welcome everyone to The Distraction here on Fightful.com. I'm Jeremy Lambert, joined as always, Joseph Oliver. Joseph! Man, that was, that's the most nervous I've ever been for a bit on this show, and I didn't, I didn't have to do anything. I was just concerned. There was, a lot of, there was a lot of anxiety, and it was frantic backstage. And Man, we, we pulled it off, Doug. We got through it. So I like Forbes Otis' face, did you? It was good. <laughs> Smile and nod. That's all you got to do. Smile and nod. We did a good job. I looked at you. I was like, we're good at this. We, yeah. could, do this. <laughs> we could be on WWF the bump, right? We could do it. I <laughs> uh, appreciate uh, Hannah and, uh, and O'Neill doing that. Yes, yeah, very frantic backstage atmosphere before that one. Uh, sometimes the script gets ripped up at the last second, and you just got to gotta go with it, Joseph. I feel like this is going to become a thing, and then we're not going to talk about what's on the actual show, right? We're just going to talk about the comment, and then, like, we're live, and all of a sudden we've got an hour of wrestling content to fill. So we'll, just, <laughs> we'll see how this goes. Guys, we appreciate you joining us here on Fight for We're on Twitch today, Joseph. I decided to, to stream this off of the Twitch as well. She's very confusing. Very confusing, but I will try my best to remember that moving forward. We're on Twitch afterwards, too, right? Exclusively. Yes. Yeah. Exclusively. Exclusively so, on Twitch right after this show. Twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. But we are on Twitch uh, with this show as well. We just simulcast yesterday the show uh, Sean and I did. I said, eh, let's try it for this one, too. How did that show go, Jeremy? We just read Super Chats, um, and that was about it. It was fun. What percentage of the show was putting me over? There was actually a very strong percentage of the show putting yes. a lot of booty pro wrestling talk, like a lot of booty pro wrestling. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. That doesn't sound like anyone was putting me over in hindsight. There you go. Maybe I should listen to that. Maybe I should actually listen to my first wrestling we, podcast I'm not on. <laughs> I came up with an idea to do a media call before our final show. 
for Booty Pro Wrestling. Of course she did. <laughs> of course she did. Yes. That's the sort of experiment you would go for for our like least popular streaming content. That's what you would go for. Okay. Remember the press release I put out for I do. our show? So when good. was that? Like, was that, do we know? It was like December. November, actually. I think it was November. And, you know, we're going to get into it today, but that AEW video, I was seeing stuff and thinking, like, that was so deep into the pandemic era of pro wrestling, and it feels so long ago. Like, Sting. Do you remember covering Sting's debut? Do you remember? I mean? It feels like an ancient memory now, but a lot has happened, clearly, which is, I guess, what we're going to talk about today, apparently. Guys, leave us super chat. Leave us a thumbs up. Uh, if you're on Twitch, leave us some bits. Subscribe, subscribe on Twitch to all that fun mm-hmm. stuff. We got a uh, super chat from JJ. Hello, favorite big stars. Hope today is well for you both. It's party time, is it? Distraction podcast number one. And a big thank you for everyone. You've both, everything you've both done over the last year plus. Thank you, JJ. You are a big part. JJ, I had uh, my best friend was putting you over in, in the conversation I was having with him. So you're getting over yourself, JJ. Jeff L says... Oh, it's Jeff. It's not. It's only JL from the hood. It's Jeff L. He's revealed his first name. Jeff okay. L from the hood. It says Joe Holbert appreciation super chat. Who could that be? Is that one of the boys? Do we think Jeremy? It feels like it's one it, of the boys. It's Jeff L. I don't know. No, it feels. You know, you and I both know it could be someone. You know, this business acts in strange ways, as you know, Jeremy. So I assume Jeff L is a top guy in the federation. Why like, froze? Did I just freeze? No, it froze. It froze for a second, but okay, you're good. Proceed. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, Kyle Laval says distraction with the scoops. Kylo does the intro, so there you go. Um, Music of Moon Salt's everybody. Chris says, hello, friends. Hello, Chris. How are you? My God. Super chats feel like they're filling up here early on, Jeremy. Am I, am I, am I wrong there? Feels like she's unusually bloated early on. I'm for it. Everybody's, everybody's in a good mood, Joseph. Everybody's mm-hmm. in, fans are back. AEW back on Wednesdays. It's a, it's a, it's a nice time to be alive. I mean, I don't know about that, but there's a wrestling part. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about the alive part, but the wrestling part. Look, I, I'm here to be positive today. I am so excited about what's next and, and just the next few months of pro wrestling, man. You know, this is a real time, a chance for every promotion, whichever is your favorite, least favorite, anything in between. This is the chance for them to get, they got a fresh start, right? I don't want to hear any blaming the fans for being not into stuff. I don't want to hear excuses as to why this, that, and the next thing couldn't happen. I want to see people attacking this new era with some from energy, some enthusiasm. And I think I'm going to try and do the same here, covering it. You know, this is a real look, very seldom in these, in these, you know, any kind of entertainment, very seldom we're able to actually put a mark down and say that is the end of an era. We're forced into doing that here because as every promotion hits, a, hits back the road, they end that era that's just concluded. I mean, AEW literally ended it with a, with a grand video package about all that's happened. It's like, these, this has been an awful year and change for the world. And wrestling is a tiny 0.0.001, you know, importance-wise. And I don't want to lose sight of that, folks. But what I'm saying is for what we cover, this is a unique moment in the history of the industry. And I'm ready to see promotions attack this stuff with innovation, some creativity, new ideas. Whether it happens or not, that'll be our job to cover and figure out in the coming weeks. But I'm excited for it. I have optimism, I must say. I, it, it is definitely an era. I can't tell you how many times I've written pandemic era of wrestling in yeah. articles. Like, I mean, we, we were talking about it off the air, but we did this show for like nine weeks and then everything 
just shut down. Our show was basically lived in the pandemic era. AEW was basically lived in the pandemic era. Like they've done more shows without a crowd than they've done with a crowd, which is crazy to think about. That video package last night was was very, very well done. Just a, And it reminded me of, remember when all this first started and we were like, wrestling just got like, just shut this shit down. And I yeah. still believe like they should have shut it down at right. least for a few weeks there. It wasn't, shouldn't have continued the way that it did. And a lot of people got COVID uh, during that, which is never good. Um, but watching that video package, I was like, man, where would we be if they didn't continue running? Like if they did like shut it down for the majority of this, because there was a lot of great moments during this era. And it, it, it feels weird to say that because of everything that happened but that video package was a nice reminder of like hey AEW and WWE and other companies like they they made the most out of what they could do with everything and they did provide us they put smiles on faces and and they provided us with with a distraction of our own it still should have shut down for a couple weeks it's hard isn't it because I don't think there's a I don't really think there's a gray area in terms of the right or wrong hand I mean going doing it like just without missing a week about ever resetting, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't the the kind of uh, responsible way of handling it. But we can tackle that and put that in its place while saying what you the point you made, which is like, look, man, thank goodness it did happen. You know, I, I know that sounds that sounds selfish and ignorant, perhaps, but like we needed we needed it. You know, I remember WrestleMania being a, being a weird thing, and it, it to me it felt like a hurdle. You and I, we, we're coming towards WrestleMania and we're keeping talking about WrestleMania. And then, like, when we got over that, I'm suddenly left standing. There is no break coming up here, is there? They're just going to keep rolling. You know, and now we have to get excited for Money in the Bank or whatever the hell is going to be next. I I think, and this is not me doing promotional comparisons. People that watch this show know which show I, you know, I'm, I'm more into. But, like, I think in history, Stadium Stampede 1 will be, like, the pandemic era match, you know? And the reason I say that is... That was the first wrestling that, for me personally, like I can't talk myself, was like true escapism in this era. Yeah. The rest, if I'm being honest, like it was an effort, and I admire all of those involved in it. There ain't a lot of escapism watching empty seats, not react to wrestling, man. You know, like it was hard, and it was always there was constant reminders. That was one where it was like, this is special in its own way, and I can I can just remove myself from that reality. Um, that was special. There's been a lot of great moments, you know. AEW's like that era will be however long this AEW story goes, man, and you know whatever it ends up being, that era will be the centerpiece in a lot of ways, I think. And I think this next year is going to be important and exciting and all that good stuff. But man, in a lot of ways, in an emotional level, it feels like this kind of solidified AEW to me. Does that make sense? Like, I mean, there are a lot of people that are now truly connected with that brand, and we've spoken about it before. I'm not really big on that idea of like. Like they're not sports teams, you know, they're wrestling companies. But I think for a lot of people, man, that Daily's place hosted their like they're out every week. Like at least on that, I got that coming up, you know. And that's cool. It's a cool thing, and I'm glad they actually like embrace that truth. Like that's been a, that's been an era. Now to start fresh, we were they were continuing things anyway. But this next month's going to be electric. That doesn't mean this last eighteen months wasn't like something special. I'm not saying I'm going to miss it, Jeremy, but we will. We'll remember it, right? For sure, we're going to remember it for some time. I think um, the Boneyard match 
was Ooh. escapism because like the empty the empty uh, performance center WrestleMania matches tough to get into those. It was just like oh man these these aren't that great. No reactions. Just you know you hear the ring and everything. It was tough. It was tough to watch that stuff, especially watching it weekly. Uh, the the weekly shows as well. I'm like it's WrestleMania, and this is what you're doing. But the Boneyard match felt like you were just watching something different. It didn't feel like you were watching wrestling yes. anymore. It, it, you know, it was it was a cinematic match, and it felt like you were watching something different. So I think that was the first one for me, where I was like, all right, I'm finally able to pull myself away from a lot of this. Stadium Stampede was very similar, and maybe on a, a higher level. I remember having a very rough day that day. And I remember that being a very rough week because like that was the week of like, and maybe it was like two week period or whatever, but like that was Shad, that was Hannah mm-hmm. that was, and that, that was Larry and that was Casey. Like they were all kind of mixed in that area right there. And then AEW put on that show. And yeah, it like, that was real, real true escape because it was not only everything that was going on globally with the pandemic and watching empty arena wrestling and stuff. It was everything going on, personal life, the the losses in the wrestling world and everything. And then they gave us that show. So so that's why I think Stadium Stampede was like a different level uh, mm-hmm. than than the Boneyard match. But the Boneyard match was the first like true, felt like it was yeah. some real escapism from what we had been watching. Yeah, and JJ mentioned the, the Fun House. And that's another one, I think. Like, not for me, maybe, but definitely for people, that was a huge one. Like, some people love that match and will still go back and watch it all the time. So that's another big one. I guess... I was reflecting today on that kind of the memories of you remember how bitter a lot of the stuff was, man. Like when something cool would happen, all you could think was, imagine this for the crowd, you know? Yeah. Like FTR, I remember them coming in to just like they just like shot an angle to no one. And it was I, I I'm trying to remind myself of that stuff because for so long look, wrestling fans may suck. And that's you know, that's the way it is, right? Anything <laughs> any group of fans is gonna have some some good and some bad, right? We get the deal, right? Wrestling's not high brow, of course there's some idiots. But in terms of the, the actual medium entertainment, the art form, whatever the hell you want to call it, man, do we need audiences, dude. It's, it is wrestling, you know? Like, wrestling is reacting to those people. And I think it was a real reminder of that. So, I look, when things are back, I know they've got a couple more weeks. Like, I want to see what Raw does. I'll see what SmackDown does, because this is a chance, okay? People want to be at these shows. And I hope, and this is not me just seeing that WWE, it's the same for Impact, Ring of Honor, MLW, all these places. Like, this not take you for granted, you know? But this, this scene promotion has thrown themselves into this and be creative and not limit themselves and not be like, well, the, you know, the fans or whatever. Like, dude, we've got a long time without, we've waited long enough now. Let's make the most of this. So, you know, it was it was something. And look, I think it wasn't perfect. We can get into one of the big flaws, which I want to talk about today. But Dynamite closed pretty strong for that era, right? I mean, yeah. book ended by two pretty epic matches. So, and it was nice, obviously, whenever a daily's place is like actually got people. Even that's a different thing, right? Now when we hit the road, like, man, it's going to be something. Daly's Place is such, like, a great venue. I'm glad they're going back in August, and who knows when they'll end up getting back to Daly's Place. I do think they'll they'll kind of do, like, that homecoming show every January mm-hmm. at Daly's Place, because that's what they were doing. Um, but it's, it's such a good venue, and I mean, those, those fans, they, they started welcoming them back slowly but surely. But they were running those shows every week from there, and, like, fans – couldn't go to them until again, they, they started coming back, but I hope they don't forget about Daly's place. Cause there was so many great memorable moments uh, there. And yeah, last night, the uh, capping everything off with 
the two matches and especially that video pack. That video package was like really, really touching and well done. And again, it was just a reminder of like there were a lot of cool moments that took place. And like you said, how many, how, how much better would a lot of those moments been? Like if there was a crowd, because like they kind of led that video package with like the Brody and the Matt Hardy debuts, and the yeah. Brody debut is that one debut of like, man, that shit was supposed to happen in his hometown and everything, and like that would have just been massive, and, and mm-hmm. to, to miss out on that stuff and to miss out on the moments like the FTR uh, title win um, and things like that, like it, it would have been it would have been a lot better. I'm with you. I cannot wait until until fans are back. I mean, I'll be back at. The SmackDown show, the the second SmackDown with fans back, I'll be there, and I hope these companies like do realize. All right, like, we talk about it being like dangling a carrot. Oh, WWE is just waiting for fans to be back, and that's when they're going to get creative, and that's when they're going to start doing stuff. Like I hope this is all true because a lot of the the pandemic stuff, is, like especially WWE, just like felt like it was going through the motions with everything. Mm-hmm. Now that fans are back, like realize how much we all mean like you want to talk about how much we mean you listen to the audience and stuff like realize this and like give us some good shit like actually put put out a good product that we want to enjoy and that we want to continue to follow you know this is probably a weird question to ask but whatever (laughs) you know you said like you found the video package through rather touching i did too i've always very moving do you do you feel guilty sometimes when you get, I don't want to say sucked up in the narrative of AEW, but like, I have to be honest, I find that whole promotion to be like a lot more optimistic. <laughs> and like, I've, I'll be honest, I feel guilty sometimes because I I do cover pro wrestling, you know? So like, I try, I don't want to be like the cliche guy. And I, there's stuff with Dynamite last night. There was one segment which everyone talked about, and I do want to talk about it because I don't want to do the whole thing about, like, well, be patient. It was not good. And there was there's a lot of issues with AEW. All the, all the stuff we talked about before, but, like, I kind of, like, buy their message to a degree that concerns me because I'm, I'm pretty cynical, and it worries me that I am not so cynical with that brand. Where are you at on this? I know this is, like, a weird conversation to have on a fucking major wrestling podcast, but, like, <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying, though? Like, when you hear that message, when yeah. you see that, it's like, I kind of buy it, bro. I'm sorry. I, I don't know if it makes me an idiot. I think it does, but I don't know. I mean, I've listened, you know, I've listened to a lot of interviews. I was literally listening to a Conan interview before we went on air. And, and even he was talking about, like, to the atmosphere backstage. It's just different. Like, yeah. that, that whole thing is just different. And everybody praises it uh, of the family and everybody working together and stuff and praising Tony Khan. Like, you cannot listen to an AEW interview without, like, hearing this same message to where, like, I, I, I'm i very cynical as well. And I've gotten to the point of, like, all right, I get it. I get it, guys. Come on. But you hear it so often that it's, like, it's got to be true, right? Like, yeah. everyone's saying it. Like, it's got to be true. And I'm... I think I'm more, I don't know if it's in the bubble is the right word than you, but I'm covering, I'm covering all this a lot more closely than you are. So I'm able to still just kind of pull away from that and be like, all right, like I I want every company to do well. I want to keep covering stuff. I want, I want to like my job. I want to enjoy the stuff that I cover. When it comes to AEW, I think their advantages are they haven't been around. For, for as long so they haven't been able to they haven't made the, the same mistakes 
when they have made mistakes, like they have done a good job of course correcting for the most part. And I, I know the segment you're talking about and, and we will talk yeah. about it. Um, I, I was not a fan of um, the, I couldn't even think of something. I was like, what happened that I could like riff off of? I was not a fan of Chris Jericho on commentary. Um, uh, but like they, they've done a good job of course correcting on stuff. We said it during the, during the pandemic era, like there is a different energy with those shows, right? Like even without the crowds, there was a different energy during those shows, like the taped shows, like the Brit and Rosa match was taped and it still felt like there was just a different energy with that match. And, and I think that's what it comes down to with me and AEW of, I really just enjoy their energy and I really enjoy like watching and following those shows in that product because they do give you something different. For the most yeah. part, like WWE, it is just a lot of the same stuff, and it's tough to get invested in that. Do I feel guilty that maybe I like AEW a little bit more? Um, no, not really. Like I'm gonna enjoy what I enjoy. Uh, I don't think I get caught up in into it as much as you do, um, but I don't think there's anything wrong with getting caught up into it because I, at the at the end of the day, like we're fans with this stuff, yes. right? Like. I, I cover I cover the new stuff. We do this podcast. You you do you're retired from features. You don't actually do features anymore. Um, we got to change your your little byline here on the, on the show. The graphics you probably department. should do that. Yeah, you should probably the graphics that. department will <laughs> yell at me. Um, but like at the end of the day, like we're fans and we want to like this stuff. And AEW is, is something we enjoy compared to WWE. Mm-hmm. It's hard, man. I. I really do think about this a lot. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not even doing you shouldn't, you shouldn't feel bad either, Joseph. Like, I don't yeah. know if you do feel bad, but really, like, you should not feel bad if you find the AEW stuff more entertaining and more engaging and more captivating. Well, before we get to the big negative, I want to start with a big positive. So I did like the main event a lot, but I thought, and you no know, surprise, he's doing the Eddie Kingston segment. But the first 20 minutes of this show were like, to me, it was a very good encapsulation of the good of AEW in the sense that the Bucks, we always hear this conversation, right, Jeremy? What's good heat? What's bad heat? Dude, the Bucks have got good heat. Did you see the people when they got pinned last night? It was yeah. like, finally, the Bucks got. And like, you know, the audience <laughs> likes the Bucks. Yeah. They've actually worked the people into disliking them. And more than that, we don't love champs getting beaten on title matches, but like, not only do they have good heat, beating them means something. The people popped. They were like, finally, Kingston and, you know, Penta got one over him. That was a really great, first it was a great match, but just a great moment, you know. Like, I actually would have been tempted to close with that if it was a main event any less sort of spectacular than, than MJF and Sammy. Yeah, I thought it was going to close. And then you had to yeah. remind me that MJF and Guevara were on the <laughs> show because I'd forgotten. Yeah, and that match was great. It, it wasn't I wasn't as high on it as, like, some – I saw somebody say it was the, one of the best matches in AEW history, and I was like – Mm. It wasn't my favorite match on the show, so you know, obviously, it wasn't there for me. But it was very, very good. Like, and I think MJF's you know put way overstate where he's at in terms of limitations. In me, I think he's very good. Sammy obviously can do incredible things physically. It was a great match. I do want to though. I want to dedicate time to this because it is very easy for me to just fanboy out. This women's division stuff is sad, you know, because yeah. how long we sat on this podcast and was like, when maybe just put the belt on Brit, you know, like. I mean, I understand it's only been, what, four or five TVs, and a lot of them were on Fridays, but come on, man. It's gotten worse. This, so, I mean, we, we've discussed part of this, but 
I couldn't believe they went forward with that match. When when I did the show with Sean yesterday, I, I, I said I think I think Zel, I think Zelina's showing up and I think she's gonna take Vicky's place in this right. match. Like I don't think they have the lack of self-awareness to to keep Vicky in this match and actually have her wrestle. I thought they were smarter than that. They they were not. They were not smarter than that in this instance. And like they gave us the Brit moment. Great, cool moment. Everything before like the division was Sheeta carrying it. It was just one-off matches with no real story. Britt was great. Britt was doing a great job carrying uh, her segments. The feud mm-hmm. with Thunder Rosa was great. They gave us the title win. Cool. There's been no good follow-up with this title win. Nyla Rose is the is the first challenger. It never made sense outside of Nyla beat her in the tournament, which, okay, cool. Tell that story. Don't tell this cheeseburgers, Vicky Guerrero, Rebel Reba story and, and hopefully rebel is okay i mean she dislocated her kneecap it seems like a tough injury um i, I hope she heals up soon and it, uh she's she's said to be in good spirit so so at least that is good but dude that match last night was rough i really can't believe they went forward with putting vicky in that match i, I thought they had something like better up their sleeve i think nyla and Britt will have a good match yeah. in a couple of weeks but this is not a great start to, to Brit's title reign. And then you look at the rest of the division, they're kind of doing stuff with Statlander and, and Bunny, but even that seems more of a vehicle to prolong or, or to get the men's feud over to mm-hmm. some Orange Cassidy. And everybody else, like, she didn't been on television since she lost. She had the title yes. for a year. She, she got this big ceremony. She carried you know, you want to talk about the pandemic era and, and how tough it's been. Like she carried the women's division and that title throughout the pandemic era had good matches when she was put in a position to have good matches, even if the stories weren't there. Mm-hmm. And now she just hasn't been on television. She's been dark, dark elevation, whatever. She has not been on dynamite since she lost the title. And it's just like, she had the title for a year and you're just basically saying, all right, we've moved on. It's over with. Like, I feel like, like she had, she got her flowers when she got the new title and then breathed, Brit Beater a couple days later, feel like she deserves a little bit more praise and credit right. and spotlight for everything she did during her title reign. It's really validated all of the critics that were like, she's she doesn't feel like the champ. She was mm-hmm. every year, and there was a lot of people that I think fairly were like, she's she doesn't feel like the centerpiece of the division. And in doing this, you validate that because I, like the, the key is when Moxie lost title, he went away for a month. But Moxley wasn't working matches on dark in that time, you know, just like bro, like you know, just like, Sheed is on dark. So I, I think that's a real bummer. The title feud has sucked. Uh, it's just been bad. Yeah. There's not anything that's good about it. The opening segment was bad. There's no clear baby and heel split. Um Brit's like, I don't know. I have a lot of issues with it, man. And the problem is it was so avoidable. But like the truth is, us getting Brit's title program right doesn't really like, it solves that issue, but let's be honest, there's a bigger issue here. Like, they've got complacent already after getting a couple of good months out of this division. They've immediately, like, fell back off. It's not good. And and I'm not I'm not going to do the thing where, like, fair criticism we just wanted to with, oh, be patient. It's like, no, because I've seen them get it right now, and the talent pool is actually much better. Like, they've, yeah. they've done a good job of recruitment. They've done a good job of in-house training. There's no excuse. I And... I think anyone still giving the excuse is kind of doing a disservice. Listen, man, they cleared a Vicky Guerrero match on TV. Like, where, yeah, where's Tay Conti been? She had that great match with Sheeta. Like, I bit yeah. on some of those false finishes. And, like, where's she been? 
on Dynamite. Maybe she's wrestled, but she hasn't I, been on Dynamite since April, I believe. There you go. Like, I if she's wrestled, she hasn't done anything of significance, right? Like, they, I they're they're clearly like trying to push Statlander, which which is good. I like Statlander, um, but that's again that feels like a vehicle for the Orange Cassidy and Butcher and Blade program mm-hmm. more than Statlander and Bunny type of thing. So, I just yeah. Penelope Ford is a is another one like. I know Kip's hurt right now, but Penelope proved herself in that that Sheeta match. It feels like you can just do a little bit more with her. You have Big Swole, who she had the feud with Britt, and it seemed like Mm -hmm. they were kind of trying to ramp up with her a little bit. Red Velvet. Jade Cargill's like on TV, but not. I would be fine if they just did more Jade Cargill squashes, right? Like just at least show your. She's doing the promos, and that's fine, but at least showcase her with, with some squashes every now and then, like something. Just give me a little bit something more on television. It's like they, you know, the the title reign, it had it had its fair criticisms, and I'm like, well, we'll get the title on Brit, and that'll solve everything. And they got the title on Brit, but then they just kept doing the same shit they've been doing, and it's like, no, the the issue was never really like who the title is on. The issue is how you've been booking. Right. Riho and Serena had that match on the pre-show. Everyone loved, right? Yeah. Neither have been on Dynamite since. Like, yeah. It's, it's just inexcusable. And I think it's worth talking about it. We've done it at some length because I do think, like, a lot of fair criticisms were kind of just shit knocked away with, eh, you know, they'll get there. <laughs> and then they had a couple of good moments and we all took a victory lap. It's like, no, they've messed up here, man. They've made a mess of it. Like, they need to do better. Simple as that. I catch up on some super chats. Uh, Chris says, going to see Fast 9 for the third time. Oh, my God. My wife and I's first date since going out last February this evening. Hope you have a good night. Uh, don't spoil it for her since, since you've seen it now, this will be your third time. Uh, Frank says I'm here for the BP dub media call. Joe, great post today on the Patreon, patreon.com slash the distraction. That was actually a free post that you put up, but you can still go there mm-hmm. pay us a dollar or more. Please pay more. Uh, just keep being you literally making a Twitter just to follow you guys. Thanks Frank. We'll follow you back. I need more followers. I'm almost at 4,000 unfollow me i don't want that many people following me hello friends so on a clown scale is from sean blanford so on a clown scale from one to doink fiend would patrick beverly fall uh after what happened between him and chris paul last night fuck patrick beverly that's what i got to say about him (laughs) he's doink fiend for sure right (laughs) yeah uh we have have a couple more here i'm where i'm repping by the way my guy my fellow point god the og point god chris paul in the finals He's bringing it home, bringing it home for the point gods. It's going to happen. A uh, bunch of super chats here to catch up on. Matt and Caleb Graham says, what dawned on me during the video last night was all of the Brody Lee matches, runs, was without fans, and he never got to be in front of fans. Yeah, his whole AEW run was without a crowd. And he had so many great moments. Like the, the TNT title victory over Cody was, that was special. That was something different too that you really mm-hmm. didn't, you weren't expecting at that time. He's so sad, man. He's yeah. Right in that post earlier, I fell down that kind of rabbit hole and just was like, it's just an awful, it's like nine months, you know, and it feels like so much happened. And then we, the last show of the year was was the celebration show. And it's like, it, look, I mean, it was an amazing show and a moving show, but we didn't, we didn't want to see that show. That's just, it's no. just, just awful. Such a shame. Uh, Ricardo El Idolo de Fightful says, you big stars are my escapism. Thanks, boys. Thanks, Ricardo. Always pop for your name. Uh, Kylo says, no group of fans suck more than us. That's right. You guys are all horrible, honestly. 
It shouldn't like I'm I'm excited that fans are coming back. It sucks that like the fans are wrestling fans and fans of this show because like wrestling fans and fans of this show are honestly just god awful. Our fans don't go to the shows, you know that. They, they sit, they sit and they Apparently, our free. fans are buying out the whole top row of sections for shows. They're not fans; they're friends, pal. True. <laughs> All of these people are friends, not fans. Oh, I know. Uh, Man Antonio says, how has AEW gotten every TNT champ right so far and have made the title feel so special and important? They've done a great job with that title. Just just an absolutely great job. Miro is... Uh, Dude, he's, he's rolling now. Yeah, he's, he's incredible. incredible. <laughs> I just like, I don't know how you beat him, you know? Like, what do yeah. you, when do you eventually beat him and who weave? It's incredible. You don't. Just have him hold the title forever. Mm-hmm. Who cares? He rolls so much, dude. He legit might be my favorite wrestler right now. Imagine Moxley's off television for the time. Like, there's no one I pop more for Miro uh, in wrestling right now. So what do you great. think of the new the new theme? Are you in on the new theme? Who is the? Oh, the I thought you said new fiend. I was like, who's the new fiend? Alexa? I that that's not really new, right? No, no, the the, the theme. You know the new. The, he's got yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the horns and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Okay. I was I was confused at first when he was coming out. I was like, "This is new, right?" I was it, it threw me off. I'm fine with it. It'll grow on me, I'm sure. Uh, Mike and Y says Jade versus Britt would have been a better feud. I think the issue with that one is I don't know if Jade's like fully ready for that spot. You weren't gonna bre- beat Britt right off the gate, and you don't need to beat Jade right off the gate. I, I think you just need to bring you need to bring Jade along, but like actually mm-hmm. bring her along. It, if she's so, do we think Britt's a baby face now? I said this when she hugged Tony at the pay-per-view and everybody's like, oh, no, 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 she's not a baby face. She's not a baby face. And I'm still not positive she's a baby face, but in this feud, she's the baby face. I mean, Rebel cheated in that match too, right? Yeah. She's a kendo. So it's difficult. If you were going right. to turn a baby face, she could have just won clean in a re- and then hug Shivante and it'd be like, see, if she's going to be a baby face, Jeremy, then Nyla was the right choice. The issue is then the feud, you know? Yeah, not as the perfect person to establish his baby face, but my God, not with burgers and Vicky and all that shit. Again, if the feud is Nyla coming out or Vicky coming out and being like, hey, congrats on your win, whatever. Last person to beat you right here, Nyla Rose, beat you in the title tournament. You could have earned your shot way before this if you'd won the tournament, but you lost mm-hmm. in the semifinals to her. So let's do this. Let's do the rematch. Britt's like, okay, I agree. Like, I want that revenge. That's a story. We don't need burgers and a Vicky, Guer- a Vicky Guerrero match, Joseph. Yes. What are they doing in 2021? What are they doing? I mean, you say that like there was once a year where that would have been good. It was never It was never good. Never good. It's a Vicky Guerrero match, Jeremy. What do you want to do? You know, it's never going to be good. Did I cut a out Vicky again, Guerrero guys? match in the year of our Lord and Savior, Miro. What the? What are we doing? I don't know, man. But if we don't the super chats, yeah, we're caught up on super chats. It must be said, Jeremy. After a year of fantasy booking, it appears that Hangman Page is actually going to face Kenneth Omega at the pay per view. So what, let's talk about this. So Kenny Omega okay. comes out and he says, "I have no more challengers." Um, and then Tommy End does not come out. Instead, Dark Order comes out, and that was a, that was a big rumor. It was a big rumor going around that that this is what what was going to happen. Clearly, okay. it didn't happen. Just commenting on the the rumors and in, innuendo. You heard that term before, Joseph? Uh-huh. Yeah. Some some really important glad use that term. I know. <laughs> yep. 
Uh, Dark Order come out like you haven't beaten Hangman. Hangman does not come out. We do a backstage segment where Hangman is like, what are you guys doing? And they're hyping him up. They're like, you know, you can't be afraid. You lost. It's okay. Get back on the horse. Remember what you told us. I love this because we, we've talked about Hangman. He found his pals after the elite abandoned him and everything. He found his pals in the Dark Order. My issue, and it's not it's not so much an issue, is like, are they stretching this until September? Like we all we all think that all out is when he gets a title, and they're doing this now. Like, can they stretch this for two months? Yeah, that is a long time. I mean, if you're doing skits like this, I guess, right? I guess you can. I I have to say, I like this segment, but like, it kind of felt like they had to explain the story like really on the nose, you know? Like, I thought this was obviously the story that Dark Order had to emotionally get him through this thing. The backstage segment was very much like if you somehow don't get the story, here's what it is, you know, which is fine. Yeah. Sometimes you have to do that in wrestling, and and it, it was it was tremendous. I thought I thought Kenny was great in that in ring segment, by the way. Really, dude. You, you liked it. We we together I'm, on this. I, I got to turn my account into a Kenny Omega Stan account. It came out with the Triple H cosplay beard, talking about how he's the king and everything. I'm V triggering anybody who thinks Kenny Omega is bad you see me in st louis you see me in chicago you try to you try to seth rollins glove me i ain't having that v trigger upside the head i'm gonna do the, do the point right guys and then v trigger oh my god that was i don't think he does that part but i, I like that that was your signification of it. i understand but look I, I think there's a good good question there so do they do this a special but either way is there a chance hangman loses this match because it feels like there's a real chance he loses this match so here's what I'm potentially thinking, and I hope they don't do this because they just did it with the Brian Cage thing. Like, you know, they had they had Hangman lose the Brian Cage, and then before mm-hmm. they did the pre-match attack, when he lost, and they ran it back, and he won. I'm wondering if they go the same route here of because he's the number one contender, right? It feels weird to hold off on the number one contender not getting his match for two months unless you are telling that story of I'm not ready, I'm not ready, I'm not ready, I can't do it, I can't do it. Like he's just not gonna be ready for two months. Is that is that what we're doing here? Um so it mm-hmm. almost feels like maybe he loses and then he rebuilds his confidence again and then he earns another title shot for all out, maybe full gear, like maybe it takes him that long. To, to rebuild his confidence all the way to full gear. And that's when he gets the big victory. That's the only way I can see this stretching is if like he actually does lose. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. It feels like Kenny's got to defend the belt next month on one of these specials or this month now, you know, yeah. it feels like he has to, there's four specials. I mean, you know, not has to, he just defended it. But like, then I guess, how do you get out? Do you have Christian beat Hangman in a match to get a shot? And then like Hangman falls down and builds up that way. It was like Christian Turner Hill anyway, eventually, so that could kind of set something up in that regard. Um, I don't know. I'm, I also think like Orange felt like he was in, he felt like he was going to get a ring match with, with Kenny. Because remember, they was telling the story of like, yeah, he, he like really Orange had the belt won, but no, like it's, I don't know. Sometimes I do think there can be a little much, which is ironic because here it feels like we have not enough hurdles between now and all out, as you said, like it feels like you got to do the match. We'll see. I, I think um, one thing that's telling in regards to what you meant was like they could have easily done that backstage segment next week, couldn't they? Yeah. Really. In like, some obviously you wouldn't have Hangman bursting in because that would make sense. But like, 
You could have done it in some form or fashion. The fact they did it both on this week, which is something they don't often hit, like the same arc twice in a week, it feels like it could be telling. Now, I, I personally think it'd be kind of I, not lame or disappointing because it's a TV, like, wrestling is about TV content now, but it feels like it's a pay-per-view match, you know? Oh, and I, I wouldn't, Omega? You yeah, can't do I, that on TV. I mean, you can. They did Moxley and Omega on TV, but... Exactly, right. And that's the thing is that they just... It feels like it should be all out. But, I, but I'm um, Moxley, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard. Like, Kenny's got so many enemies, but none of them feel like they're set to fight him for a title right now. You know, like, he's got a bunch of guys could, but not right now. Could you do Omega just running through Dark Order? And then finally Paige is just like, you know, you've embarrassed my friends, you've beaten my friends, yeah. but even in their losses, like they, they still stuck by me and everything. I'm like, you guys, like the second that I lost, you turn your back on me and whatnot. Like they showed me the power of friendship and all this stuff. Like, is that how you stretch this out? Yeah, maybe. I don't know, but then then you're in a weird thing where it's like the heel is like actively goading the baby face to an almost alarming degree, you know? Because yeah. at that point, the guy you're cheering for is like, it's <laughs> getting like bullied into a fight. It just seems weird. I know that's the story I get it fits, but I don't know, Brian Cage is possible when he gets kicked. See, I think, we should talk about that. I think Ricky's leaving that thing, the baby face. Like they're, See, they're doing that match in Austin, bro. That's, that's baby face. Ricky's coming out of the baby face to me. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like, that's where you do, if you're going to do a swerve or whatever the hell, that's where you probably, to me, have Team Taz, like, choose Brian. Because Brian needs Taz. Ricky never needed Taz, you know? Yeah. You're in Austin, red-hot babyface, like, situation for Ricky. Now, the babyface depth chart is pretty, like, there's a lot going on. But if we do assume that a Christian is turning soon, you switch, you know, Ricky goes babyface. That works for me, certainly. Like that, that one, I thought that to me, when as soon as he said Austin, I was like, oh, Ricky's the babyface there. Yes. I hope so anyway. That feels like money to me. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Uh, I'm glad Ricky got cleared enough uh, to, to work in Austin. Yeah, I, that's all I'll say about it. Matt and Caleb uh, says, I do the feud over three matches. One hangman wins by. KO, uh, two time limit draw, three kicks out of one winged angels and wins. Oh, I guess KO is count out, uh, not knockout. I would assume. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know if you're stretching this over three matches like that. I do like the the time limit. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe you can do that. I don't know, man. It's hard. It's in the 60 minutes, you know? It's hard. Yeah, What's the longest day? I'm the crazy person. Are you kidding me? 60 minute dynamite <laughs> match? Don't give a shit. What's- What's the longest title match they've done? 35, probably, somewhere around there. They've probably managed. I don't think they've even gone that long. Mm, I'll double check. Okay. I don't know how easy that is to find, but there you go. Um, I, I think I think you do the big match and you, you convince everyone it's the coronation of Hangman. And that's when I'd be tempted to just have Kenny beat him. You know? That's what I'd be tempted to do. But we'll see. Jericho and Cody was 28. My God, 28 minutes that match went? Yeah, it didn't feel like it. I was there for It was that. actually very good. Yeah, it, was yeah, very it didn't good. feel like it. Uh, Moxley and Omega was 28. Dude, how long ago does Jericho feel? Dude, this is going to... This is going to... Is what? it Hager and Moxley? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how long? Hager and Moxley went 30 minutes. Oh, dear. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's the longest match. <laughs> wow, that rules. You got to do an hour just so that ain't the longest match anymore. <laughs> you can't have that in the history books as your longest world title match. I do wonder, like, how do you how do you conclude this elite arc? Should we can we talk about that a little bit? Like, what? Because at this point, you basically have a group of baby faces that hate these guys, right? You have a literal elite hunger. Yeah. But they are the tag champs and the world champ. And it's like, how do you, do you, do you finish this emphatically enough that all of them go away for a little bit? Go as an Anderson match, go away, full stop, right? They might just go back to Impact. Uh, not go back, they've stayed there, but you know, you get what I'm saying. Um, do we get to that point? And if so, how do we do it? Or do they just like slowly lose the belts and then they just exist in other feuds? What do you think? I think Kenny's got to slowly lose the belt. He's got 500 belts. Like he's got to, I mean, we think the, the kind of arc for him is like he loses one and it starts like the kind of slow descent for him. Mm -hmm. Right. The question is, do the bucks lose their belt before Kenny loses any one of his or, you know, and that actually is what starts the descent of the elite is the young bucks losing the belts or does it happen in the middle or does Kenny lose all of his belts and then the Bucks lose theirs and that's the capper of everything? I think there's different ways you can do it. I agree that like after they lose everything, I I don't know if I'd put them off of television. I feel like I would do like one big match between them and whoever, and then that gets them off of TV. I can't just see them like losing the belts unless it all happens on the same night. Like I can't just right. see them all losing the belts and then just going away. It feels like they need there needs to be a culmination match if they're going to end up going away. Okay, so let's try and figure this out. Do we still think Hangman's taking the world title? Yes, I do too. Who is taking the tag titles? Ma or not Mox? King and Penta next week. I don't like that they're running that match back a week later. By the way, they switched that and. Uh, oh, I know, and I don't like yeah. that because. Yeah, I but they had think... to because of the. There was the, the tragedy, and they didn't want to do a coffin. That's the deal. Yes, I I understand yeah. that, and that that's a good call. Um, but they they couldn't put anything else there, you know, like you couldn't. Yeah, put no, it... I get. I understand. I, I I didn't love it either, but like, what I will say is is Kingston is a good like wrinkle in that match that he's they all do different shit, you know. He's kind of built different. No, I I completely I completely agree with all this. My issue is that like I feel like it almost telegraphs things because you're not right. beating them on back to back weeks. I just no, I don't I see it. If there's a little bit of breathing space in there, you could be like, okay, maybe they will lose back to back matches, but mm-hmm. it's tough to see them losing back to back weeks like this. Okay, so here's a question. I saw this on Reddit. Someone sent me a screenshot. I don't oh, know the user. The elite lore. This is a great piece of booking. Okay. What if Ed Kingston gives the title shot up to Phoenix, a returning Phoenix, therefore redeeming his unfathomable act where he tried to split up two brothers purely to pop himself? Your thoughts? <laughs> I like that. I'm for that. I, I actually I really I like, like that a lot. It'll, make, it'll at least change? make it very different. What? Yeah, could you do a could actually do a title change? So I think so Centennial Ortiz is coming up. And like I want the twin titles. So I think they're the most likely next champs. Because they're starting to reference, if you notice, on TV, they've started to notice, like, reference and, and point out they've not won the tag titles yet, right? Like, right. FTR, they've said it in promos. So here's my question then. 
Are Santana and Ortiz more likely to win the tag titles at All Out or at the Arthur Ashe Stadium gimmick? Arthur Ashe Stadium. Agree. So, if Kenny drops the title at All Out, is there a chance that in that, I want to say it's three weeks, separating that and Arthur Ashe, two, three weeks, is there a chance he drops those other belts along the way so that when the Bucks drop it, it really is like everything's bottomed out? This is what I was trying to figure out in my head. Because when is he going to drop the Impact title? Bound for Glory? That's October, right? That's difficult. Yeah. Unless he drops it to Sammy and at Slammiversary. <laughs> just for their sake, I'm not going to consider that. One. So, <laughs> I, I just think it's interesting. I also think, we spoke about this recently, I think there's a real chance Silver and Reynolds win the tag titles and Dark Order just cleans up. See, that could be the capper, right? Like, if he, yes. let's say Kenny drops the, the mega championship to Andrade at Triple Mania, he does drop the title to Sammy, and then all out, he loses to Hangman, Dark Order, beat the Bucks. That's where you can actually get the elite off of television for a little while as, as they've lost all their titles now. And then you have Dark Order, the power of friendship went out. Because that's the thing, is as beautifully said by the way, Jeremy. I, the thing is, I'm all for booking for heat in the way these have, and I just commended it for being good heat. You do have to be careful with like, you do have to end it at some point. You can't just go on forever. You know, you can't do like Brandon Cutler finishes for another three years. <laughs> it's, at some point, people just roll their eyes, and I, that's always happened with Hill Faction. They have to be careful with that. A Saints to watch is great. It's not a problem now. It's nowhere near a problem. But when they lose the belts, they need to reset in some way. I don't know how you do that. But it feels like is nothing there, else takes some time. Is there a chance Cody gets involved in however this reset happens? I don't know if Cody's still like, he feels like he's not on the roster anymore. He's like his own promotion, you know? <laughs> he's fused with his own guys and his own fight. I don't know. He's TEW series with Cody Rhodes. It's so strange because he, he's, he's objectively involved, right? He's on that week, next week's show. He appears to be in like his own planet, though. Like he has, has he said anything about the elite coming assholes? Not, not on tele. Maybe early on on, not television, on television, just but... just backstage. Yeah. <laughs> Don't put that out there. He said stuff in interviews uh, and whatnot. It's the NXT fans who are to blame for these uh, rumors and innuendo. I just think it's interesting. Like, I look, I enjoy Cody when he's on a lot. I think you do too. In fact, speaking of old memories, when we started the show, I think he was one of our favorite AEW guys. Yes. Like, someone's got to save him from himself, man. He doesn't need to be feuding with these guys forever. Like, QT Marshall's a good talent. I mean, <laughs> you're working in a strap match in the first show back in front of fans. <laughs> feels unnecessary. It just doesn't feel like something we need to do, but that's just me. Does Jericho and the Inner oh. Circle get involved in the elite stuff? See, that's the other problem. Can are Santana and Ortiz so linked to Chris at this point that if they go after the Bucks, it feels like they they all go? Or is Conan yeah. going to pull the Santana and the Ortiz away? I, I think know. Conan kind of pulls them away. He might. Does that make them heels? Does that keep them baby faces? Like, yeah. See, this is the kind of headaches I would run into. If I had a hundred people on my roster. It's like I don't know. <laughs> There's so many different factions and stuff. It's very difficult to read. It feels like, in terms of who needs it the most, is Santana and Ortiz. They need the tag titles most, you know? Like, Silver and Reynolds, I think, people love John Silver, you know? Like, yeah. it is what it is. Santana and Ortiz, it's like, it's time. Like, they've been waiting a long time to me. So, 
I don't know. There's it, it a, a lot of moving pieces. I actually trust their vision on this. I sense they've got an answer to our questions. I'm excited to see what they are, is my point, you know? I'll the NTK. I'll see what's okay. going on. And I'll have the answers for you, Joseph. We don't, we don't have to wait on the television, you know? I'll just I'll just get the answers for you. I appreciate that. I actually have some answers, but I can't share them here on the uh, on live on, on public stream. Um, do you think the all-out tag match could be the Bucks and the Rhodes brothers? See, this is what I'm saying. It's like... That's really exciting to me. But like, I don't think Cody's like even fathom such a fall. He's going to feud with like Lee Johnson or something after this. Yeah. You know? It's difficult. Uh, I don't know what I think Cody thinks he's doing good. And he maybe he is in some ways. But like, I kind of would like it to be involved more in like the over and overall remember, things. Remember when he had that match at Penta? He just like had a match with oh, them. Yeah. <laughs> they like established Penta as a heel and then he went immediately back to being a babyface. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's yeah. the stuff where, like, it's important you say that stuff because it can't be lost. Right. Like, after the pay-per-view, Penta, like, was a complete dick in that promo, right? Like, he talks to you about like, Cody's, like, kid, right? Didn't yeah. He yeah. He went, and then... Sarah Yeah. Miedo. He wrestled Cody, and he, he got rolled up or something, and it was so profound that he's now just, like, a good guy again. <laughs> I guess. Is he a good guy? Is he a baby face? See, he's one of the only guys with Bob O'Neill's right, but, like, Pen, the whole death triangle, and like Lance Archer, I don't know if they're baby or heel. The rest of the men, I can easily split, you know? I don't know with those guys. Taxel says, I'll be in Austin. Starks winning FT FTW title would be great. Hopefully that's where the coffin match is as well. They're going to stack these shows. And, I mean, I look forward to the pop Ricky gets because he hasn't worked in front of an audience either. Uh, and the, the Texas crowd will greet him very well, as, even yes. as a heel. Uh Caleb Clare, Matt and Caleb Graham clarifies DQ, not a knockout. Right. Yeah, I had three matches. I don't know. I just don't know if you're stretching yeah, out three matches. In a different time, that would be perfect. But today's audience would hate that shit, man. The yeah. DQ, they'd lose their minds. Adam Adam says, uh, could have Dark Order face Omega in a series championship eliminator matches on Paige's behalf, with John Silver eventually getting an emotional win over Mega, getting Paige his title shot. I ain't beating Kenny. And, and no non-title no. stuff. That that Kenny's first loss has got to be when he loses the title. There's a way to do that where he, they have to face some of the elite guys yeah. in some form or fashion. And it could still – it wouldn't be quite as dramatic, but John Silver getting a big win is a good idea. I like it a lot. You can't pin Kenny. But the, no. the pin has got to be saved. It has to be saved for Hangman or whoever's winning the belt, whoever it is. Yeah, it, you, you can't beat Kenny uh, until he loses the belt. I think that would be – That'd be very foolish. We don't like when they beat champions in non-title matches. Uh, even last night, like I wasn't the biggest fan of, right. of the Bucks losing. The the thing with that is one, they don't do it often. So when it does happen, it does feel more special. Two, like they do these title eliminators a lot, and every single time the champion is won. Last night was the exception. It feels like more than a rule. So again, it made it feel more special. When it comes to the world champion, though. I, I don't beat the world champion no matter what company I'm in. And uh, sorry, Sean, Sean is praising me for my great articles, as he should. Um, I don't beat the world champion no matter what company in any non-title fashion. I just don't do it. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, I think the other thing with the tag was like with that and the TNT title, they defend them so often. It's a lot easier to do with the tags. Like that was just another match, right? So – the key was Kingston and Co. put it over as though it was the biggest win of their lives, which is what it should be. They pinned the champs as a makeshift team. That's a big deal. As long as you do that, it matters. Um, I know it's not a super chat, but I don't care. 
Frank said, really cool. I like this a lot. I think you've got to establish Cody as the next bigger heel after the Hangman win. Either he rejoins the Elite or goes over his own. Dude, him reinforcing the Elite would be awesome pro wrestling TV. Like, the Elite being down on their knees and done, and then Cody <laughs> Cody entering the scene and be like, I've got it, guys. Don't worry about it. Like, that, that would be, to me, the time where I'd have him ignore his own rule. I wouldn't have him win the belt. But that could be a cool, to me, that could be a cool, like, storytelling device. Definitely. Cody, Cody has said, and put however much stock into this as you want, he said he, he doesn't want to just turn heel to do it, to just, and then right. go back on the stipulation. So, so everything I just said, you mean? <laughs> Maybe he does turn heel, um, but I don't know if he still goes back on the stipulation. I just don't know. Obviously, that'd be the heel thing to do, though, right? Like, it's easy, it's easy storytelling. Okay, I would do yeah. it. I would we do fantasy it. book in here, man. So like, let's just let's just go. That's we're gonna sure. be at full. We're gonna be at full gear, right? You yeah. and I. We're V triggering people. I smashing, anyway. smashing cold Coca Cola. What are you doing? What's the all ego finish? You doing the egg? You doing the ego's edge? Oh yeah, people? yeah. We're the top Dude, of the arena, brother. Down the we stand, can, that'd be incredible. We have we have a cool uh, we have a cool double team finisher. You do the edge and I V trigger them in the back of the head. Are you kidding me? That shit would rule. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure our time on that would be good too. <laughs> so here's the okay? If we piece it together, I still believe in my heart Hangman's winning this belt all that. And I think you're with me, right? But we yeah. can try and, you know, I mean, that's what we think, Tony. Who do we think, A, who do we think, and then who do we want Hangman's title defense to feel for you? I think, man. It's tough, right? Because, like, Cody, I'm not a Cody guy really anymore, but, like, I'm not going to lie. That is a great story. Yeah. I it could be Cody a heel Christian against Hangman. Maybe. Here's the other thing with, with Hangman. Would you be tempted to make him the shortest reigning champ? Like so then you've still got the arc. Rather because if he here's the problem, okay? It's not a problem, but it's just an interesting kind of thing to consider. If he wins the belt and just holds it for like six to nine months. Like, in a lot of ways, that completes the arc, which is nice. Nothing wrong with doing that and just being a fulfilling kind of redemption. I do think it could be kind of powerful, though, if Hangman gets the belt and just falls off. Like, he couldn't that's, maintain it, and then you rebuild him, you know? So that's one of the things uh, that they haven't done yet, right? Like, the, the three champions, they've all had lengthy reigns. Mm -hmm. So they haven't done, like, the short kind of, like, transitional reign. And I, I know like Tony Khan likes the longer reigns and everything, but at some point you've got to just kind of, you can't just have everybody hold the belt. Okay. You get your obligatory eighth month, eight month run or whatever. Like at some point you just got to kind of switch it sort of quickly here to just show like, Hey, it can be lost one and lost fairly quickly. And it could be yes. used to further a story. And I think hangman would be a guy guy to do that. Honestly. Yeah, so in the court, you've got um, RBLX, Daniel Bryan. Daniel, nice seeing the chap. Um, he he says MJF, and, and one that comes to my mind was if he can get as hot as I think he can, Andrade comes to mind. Like, yeah. the thing with MJF is... Samoa Joe, he's him. still going to AEW, right? Really? <laughs> you're really going really to do that here? You're going to really <laughs> just stab me directly in the heart? Is that what you're going to do? Okay. Look, here's the thing. I trust MJF to do main event matches because I see him do one last night. I do think 
the fact that he hadn't wrestled a singles match before last night and we were in July, I don't know if he's going to get that belt as soon as we think he's going to get it. You know? Yeah. Like, I, I, could, I could be wrong, but you've got to say it would be a pretty big contrast to their other chance to go to MJF who, like, he's not wrestling a lot on TV. That's fine. I'd be for it, but, like, I don't know if they, they might see it as a much longer-term place. So then it opens up. Is it a, 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 an Andrade? Is it a... Help me out. Who could be top heels that could become champ? Who we got? We, we, I mean, if, if, Co- if Cody turns, MJF, um, if Christian turns, I, if if Ricky stays heel, like... Here we go. Darth 4, which is a tremendous name, says Miro. Now, there's something to be said for that. If you Now, if you can somehow get a belt off Miro to TNT... No, he would no. be, but he would be more than ready to be world champion, right? No, no, no. Like I, don't, I don't want the belt. All, just put put all the belts on him. Just all you of don't them. need. Yeah. yeah, you don't need to get the TNT title off of him. Just the woman's title. Sure. Yeah, agree. And then he just gives it to Lana. What? I don't yeah, care. I, just get, put all the belts on the mirror. I have to be honest, man. I'm kind of in on Miro, just like crushing Paul Hangman's oh, you dreams. Don't want on Miro. Yeah, I know, but like he's also the perfect character. Just be like, well. Guess that's all. Guess it's all God wanted for your title reign. <laughs> just like, just, just, just murders Hangman, and then he has to you know, redo that. Like, there's a lot of options. Is my point. I agree with you that they got to be careful of just being like everyone who wins the title has to hold it for nine months to get their due respect. Like, no, not necessarily. You can have fun with it. You can be. You can bring some variety to the whole thing for storytelling purposes. Now thinking about it. I, I would do – I'd have Hangman win it all out and Miro just fucking beats him on the falling dynamite. Doesn't even get a okay. week with the title. Okay, straight in. <laughs> you, you've sold me. You've sold me on Miro winning and just being like, that's all God wanted out of you. Like, that's it. That's such yeah, a great yeah, line. Bro. It's so good. Pac's another one. I don't know if Pat would ever be world champion for them. It's not this. I just don't know. You know? Yeah. yeah. So, like, the thing with that roster is – is we say it's like Dirty B is a negative, but it's like it's it feels like a lot of guys are on the same level, right? Oh, oh my god! I just didn't know what he was doing, so I wanted to bring. Him. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Here's a. What is he doing? Hold on, hold on. Keep doing this, O'Neill. Do it again. You can hear me. Why is he pointing up for? Is he being Miro? No, I got a I got a fan up there, and it's got oh like a little god. thing on it. So when I get bored, I spin the thing. My good God, Bob, look at this. I was bored because I was here on time because I'm a professional and, uh, you know, I got delayed. Okay, that's so. fine. We, you know, just, just wait a second, Bob. We're just talking about AEW. Like thank you. It feels like a lot of guys are on the same level in AEW, but it is because they don't wrestle every week, it isn't as a negative as it is in WWE. Does that make sense? Yeah. For a lot of guys feel like stars, the question is who are going to be the guys that become world champs? That's what I'm really excited to see. Because you never know who's going to heat up in front of these crowds. We just mentioned Ricky Styles, dude. With the right moment, like with the right angle shot in two weeks, Ricky may leave that thing red hot. You just yeah. don't know. So we'll see. All right. Can I bring can I bring on O'Neal? We good? You can do what you want, Jeremy. It's our show. History right. Hello, Robert O'Neill. What's up, guys? This is the first time I'm seeing either of you today. <laughs> What are you talking about today? You don't know. Well, I was going to talk a lot about like wrestling in the pandemic era. Then you guys did about 40 minutes on that, which I mean, I could still do it, I guess. But, you know. To be fair, Bob, 
Jack Crosby like legitimately came on a couple weeks ago and ignored our whole show. So you might as well just do the same thing. <laughs> I watch a show today. I don't always watch, but I watch you guys today. Um, Thanks for the sport, asshole. <laughs> um, yeah. No. All it, right. Here's your intro, and then we'll we'll give you your history pilot. So yeah, I mean, I think you know it's a lot of good points about. <laughs> how we're going to remember this era. Cause I don't think anyone's going to go back and watch anything from it, but that's not to say that there wasn't good stuff that happened. You know, someone like, uh, someone like Britt Baker from the start of this till now is in such a different place. Um, and I think a lot of that was just being able to do promos, connect with the fans, all that sort of thing. And just kind of learn on the fly in the ring. That was good. Um, you know, obviously Roman Reigns coming back was a giant shot to, the uh, SmackDown brand. Uh, Bob, I've raised my hand. Can you mind that talk? I wasn't actually taunting your your fan. No, I, thought this, <laughs> I thought that's what you were doing, especially when no, you started to do it. But I yeah, have to it. Um, how do I say this? So, you know, in AEW, there was like 50 careers that were transformed during the pandemic, but Britt was kind of already like, she'd kind of already done that before. She That was like January. So, like, you really managed to choose one of the only people that was already doing Terrible. Well, I mean, also, you know, Team Taz, all of Team Taz, uh, you know, Ricky, Hook, uh, Powerhouse Hobbs, Taz himself. Um, you know, Hangman was on the up and up, obviously, but he's done a lot during the <laughs> pandemic to get over. And I really would like them to stretch his title win to full gear, but that's just me being selfish. Um, you know, and then going back to WWE, you know, Bailey carried a lot of load, uh, the Hurt Business. Really kept people tuning in, I think. Um, hey, can you hold a second? I want to know, you know, because I stopped watching at some point, you know, Bailey and the Hurt Business, two of the standout parts of the pandemic era. How did they, how was they rewarded for that effort, have interest? I mean, Bailey was, uh, you know, she's feuding with Bianca for six months now. Oh. And uh, what did she do, have interest? What did she do at the grandest stage of them all, the granddaddy of them all with, with 50,000 people? What did she do on that show? She got uh, pushed on the ramp by the Bellas. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. What about the Hurt Business? They're still rolling, right? Some of them. You know, okay. um, you got Lashley and MVP still doing good work every week. Uh, Shelton, I guess, worked cross on main event. That's something. And uh, Cedric uh, doing his thing, man. <laughs> um, you know, speaking of full gear, Jeremy, I heard you're going to V-trigger people. I challenge you to do that to me. If you'd like to try that, I don't think you're going to be able to. Um, I'm not a female, O'Neill. How <laughs> <laughs> uh, did Bob just challenge someone to V-trigger him in the face? You know, uh, no, it's the thing about fans coming back, though, you know, it's exciting. It's going to be good. I think everyone can agree that it's a positive. And, but, you know, kind of like you guys went into, they deserve a lot of credit for keeping running even when it wasn't a good idea because I think it helped a lot of people really keep that normalcy. I'm not even playing the outro. No, holy I'm, shit, I'm, man. I'm embarrassed by that. Why did he just do like a recap? Like he didn't even like he was like, that was good, and then Roman Reigns, and then he just like named wrestlers that wrestled in the pandemic. Kylo Voss sent in a super chat where he pointed out Bob got over in the pandemic, which should have been his whole three minutes, shouldn't it? He should have done all of the great success stories and then did a minute on himself and just just got, you know, some hill heat. And instead he just like run down. He's like, yeah, and Bailey and the Hurt Business. Did you mention Drew, though? Did you notice that? 
Did you mean, did you know it's the team Taz bit? That's very good. I do like when he does the team Taz bit. <laughs> he's he's Bob's a fun. He's about Bob guys, and I need you to know this. He's now a paid podcaster officially, and like and now, not by me, not by no, me, not by Jeremy. Now all bets are off. Now, like now, I'm now that he's getting paid for his service here on the distraction. I'll finally be as as, as like, sort of unleashed when it comes to Bob and because usually I'm very kind to him, right, Jeremy? Very nice to him around here. I keep bringing him back on all that good stuff. Not anymore, folks. We've we've got a script, O'Neill. Again, no, that would go badly. You just gotta let him go, man. He's a creative guy. He's one of those wrestlers that you do the transcriptions for that doesn't actually have good ideas, you know. <laughs> I was reading. Shout out to Weston Blake, who I think is a tremendous hand, but. I was reading one of his pitches earlier. Gary Cassidy shared, it and he's like, "You know, Cutler and I was going to be like braised puppets, like a pig. We were going to have yeah, matches." I love that. And I was like, uh, "Okay, like he was. Like, That's the whole idea. We, like, we, we would just be pigs." Like, sure, man. Like, I guess that we works. did that. We tried doing that on Booty Pro. This is the thing, guys. Like, I get why you know fantasy booking is. He's frowned upon, but like you have to realize that nowadays WWE just has like a hundred fantasy bookers writing, and they, they're like less less risky than us. So all of these ideas eventually get somewhere in that process. Is the way it is. <sighs> Anything else you want to talk about, Joseph? I don't know. It's a weird one, Jeremy, because it feels like we have so much ahead, you know. And this is like the last, you know, before the before we we set off and, and run our race. I just think it's worth saying that when this whole thing started, and let's be clear here, hey, stay safe out there. This thing ain't over just because Tony Khan's popping himself out there, right? <laughs> stay safe. Get back to that good stuff, right? But I do want to say, when we started this whole thing, we did one hour a week, right? Sometimes 50 minutes a week. It quickly accelerated and we lost that format. Then in the start of the pandemic, we turned into daily distraction, which was rightly reined in. <laughs> But now we basically do daily distraction. Remember, yeah, you know. Remember when we did a tournament? Yes. Yeah. I do, man. We were trying anything we could because we the, the thing wrestling had like it just the whole it was so dramatic how it changed. And it's like I am. This is going to sound weird. I'm not thankful because a lot of people had experienced awful things. So I'm never thankful. However, however long this podcast lives, and hopefully it lives a very very long time. I do think like it's wild that we did, <laughs> you know, we so quickly were dropped into this insanity, you know, like, and I, I know that a lot of people watching the show now, the ones that dislike us and like us, all this, all those in between, they found us during the pandemic, which is weird. I'll be honest with you, Jeremy, learned a lot over the last, what, 16 months, 15 months. I mean, we've had to tackle topics I never thought we'd have to tackle on a wrestling podcast when I said yes. And some of them were tied to the pandemic, some of them wasn't. And I'm glad we covered all of them. But it's like, it, it genuinely, in fear of being like soppy here, it has been a real like year or so of growth, you know? And I think we've come out of it, not better podcast, who gives a fuck about that, but just better people. I think we, you know, we look forward with optimism. I do anyway. I think good things are ahead, Jeremy. I will say this because we're amongst all of our pals. Yeah, right? The the main the main distraction it's worth show. Saying, you said it earlier and you were correct. We have no fans. They they are people we're pals. Yes. Other than the people that dunk on us in the chat, in which case, not pals. Not pals at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say this. Since we're getting a little emotional here, 
the pandemic sucked, obviously, especially on a global global level. On a personal level, I've had an okay year. I've had a good year. Like it's been a good year. I, I think people know this, but like a year ago at this time, I was going through a very hard time in my in my personal life. And one year later, I can honestly say that I feel like I'm at the best I've ever been. And a lot of that is to Joseph and Fightful and everybody who's ever supported us in any way. Like, I feel our show is very good. I, I appreciate anybody. <laughs> I feel our show is very different. I love that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I appreciate everybody that has supported us in any way. I, I really appreciate the the opportunities that we've had uh, to do stuff on Twitch, the, the different things we've been able to do there, the kind of the inroads we've we've made within like the community and everything. Like it's been it's been a very tough year. I'm not I'm not gonna minimize everything that's happened on a global level because I can't. But again, personally speaking, from where I was a year ago to where I am now. I feel like this is the the best version of myself. And again, a lot of that is because of of this show and just everything we've been able to do and accomplish over the last year. Because I think, personally speaking, again, I feel like I've said that a lot. Uh, I, I think like I started to find myself on this show after everything that happened, the, the shitty stuff that happened in my personal life a year ago because I was in a very depressed mood. I was in just very down all the time. I was not happy with everything that was going on in my personal life. And then what happened happened and it kind of freed me and it allowed me to be the idiot that I am on this show. And for some reason, people like that. And I, I really have fun creating and doing this show every week this show more than anything else that i do is what i look forward to the most uh during during my week no i co-sign all of that man all of it i mean i just you know we do so much and it's we like putting ourselves over but it is worth even if you don't like putting yourself over, sometimes you're stopping looking back right like in the pandemic era of professional wrestling we interviewed ricky starks michael thompson and Luther. Listen, man, that's some insane shit. That's some of the weird, that's the weirdest combination of people you'll ever know. We got to know better some great, great folks in wrestling media, you know, or even not in wrestling. Jack Crosby's one of our, one of our obviously all-time guests, Andrew, Phil, who each of which, and there's more SP3s in the SP3. chat. Yeah, there's there's others, and like obviously Bob O'Neill. You know, I'd never spoke to Bob until like, I actually spoke to him until um, we did the draft show where he caught us off guard by being Danny Ainge. And it's like, it's just every one of those people has helped me out in some way, whether they knew it or not. Some of them directly have reached out to me when it's been, like, you know, ups and downs and stuff. It's, it's really hard to talk about this stuff because it's, it's subjectively awful, isn't it? You know? And it's, we come from this with such a privileged position of just guys that talk about wrestling on a podcast. But... I know that, like, as dumb as our show is, people have turned to it and said, man, it made them laugh sometimes. That's pretty cool. You know, whatever, whatever this show takes us in whatever form it does, like, we, 
we covered some of the strangest times ever, and hopefully someone in 25 years is watching this and they, they tripped down this particular episode because they knew this was the end of that time and was like, what the fuck were these dickheads thinking, you know? Well, this is what we were thinking, man. We were thankful it was over, but in in our own little lane, and I want to stress it in our lane, we stay in our lane on this show, Jeremy, right? Stay, we, we stay being fans. Take that, Bubba. We, you know, we have been thankful that we cover something as action-packed and as interesting as dynamic as wrestling. So much has happened and not all good. Right, and never will we all be good, but man, we certainly have been short on topics. I mean, we have that's a lie, but like grand scheme of things, how lucky have we been to cover this stuff? And how lucky have we been to have an audience to start with us? It's just, it's been incredible, honestly. It, like, and what's really interesting about it, and fuck, we're just going on here, who cares? But <laughs> what's interesting about this show is on any given week, one of us can be down or up, right. But the project is such that we all, whenever we're on, like we try our best, man. Like we, tr- we try and make you guys laugh or, you know, whatever. Make you guys think, God forbid, about pro wrestling. You know, it's been really cool. Yeah, it's been really good. I'm thankful for anyone that's joined us long way. I was there beforehand. And there wasn't many people that were with us beforehand. So it's cool. I appreciate it. It's It's been really great to see the growth of the show because we did like eight weeks or so before all of this happened. And then it happened and – you guys could have gone to any anything else, honestly. There's a million things to watch on Netflix or, or Hulu or whatever. Like you guys could have gone anywhere else, and our, our viewership has continued to to get stronger. We've been able to to launch a Twitch, which is consistently, you know, fun to do, and people consistently show up to support. We launched a Patreon that people support. Like all of this shit is crazy to me. And I, I can't thank everybody enough. People, people who say, I mean, Ray Callahan, Throwback, JJ, they're they're all in the chat, and they're saying, you know, we've helped them, distracting them through hard times like that. That shit's kind of crazy to me because to me, like Joseph and I just do our silly show, and I, I, I've I've said it before of like I I genuinely enjoy talking to Joseph, and I feel like if we didn't do a show, I'd probably just call him on the phone and we'd just bullshit for an hour about wrestling and just get each other's takes and stuff. But the fact that we have this platform and we can do this show and people have discovered this show and supported this show through, I mean, one of the toughest times we're probably hopefully ever going to live through. uh, That's, that's really cool. And I can't thank everybody enough for that. And Joseph, I I can't thank you enough for that. Cause like you said, like I, I'm not always in the best of moods, when I come on on these shows, you know that <laughs> when we talk beforehand, I'm like, dude, I'm exhausted. I'm pissed off with this. I'm pissed off with that. And we do these shows and like it just all kind of goes out the window. And it's like, this is great. It, can't, this is this is the thing I look forward to the most during my week because of the support we get from you guys, of the creativity that we're, we're able to have and just the chemistry and, and the friendship that I have with Joseph. So thank you to, to everyone. You don't I wish to I had a video me. package. Should I, oh, no. should I play? Should I play the uh, twenty-minute video package? No, definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> definitely don't do that. That was very, very long. Um, easiest show we've ever done, though. But I will say, you look, man. You know, to thank me, you invited me to do this show. You know, this is your, this is your baby. I'm, I'm happy to look after it with you. That's my way I look at it. But um, we come a long way, man. We come a long way. The rest industry has done a whole lot of weird shit, some good shit, some bad. We're always going to keep covering that. Um, 
I also think it's worth saying, like you doing the SmackDown show changed our podcast forever. Like yes. you, you really, and you know, your kind of ability to to be the 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 uh, the outrageous personality you are on that show seemingly helped us a lot. And like anyone that joined us that way, we appreciate it because. I get that if you're already listening to that, like you're not probably rushing to get more dumb wrestling podcasts, but you chose to add ours to the list. So, so no, it's very cool. We've got sopping enough on here. Um, just all I would say, Jeremy, whatever professional wrestling you enjoy it or whatever, don't forget those initial faults of man, I miss fans, you know, because we're about getting back and they may be dumb sometimes. They may chant CM Punk or say what? I'll do dumb shit, but like enjoy the stuff you you're into in, in wrestling, whatever the hell, because like for a moment there, while it still existed, it wasn't, it was like, I was left longing for the most simple old raw with people in the building, you know, don't lose sight of that folks. We're, this is going to be exciting time. I think a new era is probably a little bit, you know, I'm getting ahead of myself perhaps, but like it's a forced on them new era, whether they make it matter or not, it's up to them. But there's no excuse. We're just here to cover it and have fun. So I, I'm very, very excited. This is just the start of my view, Jeremy. But we're certainly never going to forget this. <laughs> this run. It's, it's been so. It's been a challenge at times. Like it really has. But we got through it, and we're ready to go. Guys will be on Twitch in about ten minutes or so. Um, we're already on Twitch right now, so you can you can stay here. We'll go offline for for just a. Um, for a few minutes and then we'll be back on Twitch uh, with the post show, twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. If you're watching on YouTube or uh, the other gimmick, I, th- I think it's on Twitter, but it's like Periscope on Twitter. So if you're watching there on Facebook, again, twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming will be over there for the, the post show. Um, you can go to patreon.com slash the distraction, sign up there. I'm working on trying to post the, the video we did with Steven Jensen. Mm-hmm. Uh, some issues with that one but we're gonna we're gonna get that one that one posted up and uh some other some other stuff as we head into the the new month uh again thank you guys uh, we really appreciate the sport and can't thank you enough for, for for sticking with us and there is nothing like tuning in to a live episode of listing your boy say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.